This is People Every Day. Coming up... And the Golden Globe goes to Andrew Day. Inside the mostly virtual Golden Globe Awards, from the unique style choices... Jason, you know what? You wear that tie-dye hoodie. ...to the meme-worthy moments. Plus, Prince Philip's health update and Emmanuel Acho replacing Chris Harrison on The Bachelor. It's March 1st. Hello, hello out there, especially to all the amazing women listening. This is People Every Day, presented by Macy's. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Monday, the first day of March, and thus the first day of Women's History Month. So excited for that. On to the news. There's a big update coming out of London that 99-year-old Prince Philip, Queen Elizabeth's husband, is still hospitalized right now. It's going on 14 days, his longest stay ever in the hospital. And it's being reported that he was transferred to a new hospital to treat an infection and test his pre-existing heart condition. Uh, No news yet on when he's expected to leave. Back in the States, though, everyone is still talking about the Golden Globe Awards that were last night and kicked off the 2021 awards season. Our coverage of this red carpet event from the fashion to the speeches to the most memorable moments is presented by Macy's, and we are going to break that all the way down for you today. Joining me now to do just that is People's Beauty and Style Director, Andrea Laventhal. Hey, girl. Hi. Happy Women's Month. I know, right? Which All in, about us. In my world, it's every month and every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Can't get away from us. Uh, okay. Lots to discuss with Golden Globes. But before we do, you're my bachelor know-it-all. How do you feel about the news that Emmanuel Acho, former NFL player and the mastermind behind Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, has been tapped? to take over Chris Harrison's Bachelor post-show hosting duties this season. I think it's cool. You know, The Bachelor has a tendency to, let's say, promote from within. (laughs) And I like that they kind of dipped outside Bachelor Nation. And it's not like they picked somebody that we've seen before in in that world. They're, Mm -hmm. They're... They're selecting an outsider, which they rarely do, and bringing him in and allowing him to steer the conversation. So just because it's somebody not affiliated with Bachelor, I think it's a win. They need some fresh, like- Fresh blood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously, he's so well poised to talk about some of the more difficult um, subjects that have come up around this really plagued franchise at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And and I love that Rachel Lindsay, um, you know, who's kind of at the center of all this, recommended him for this role. And he said, you know, this is an incredibly pivotal episode on one of the most storied shows in television history. And I, I it's just a perfect selection, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to watch. Do you think do you think he'll you know, depending on how it goes, he'll have some legs with the. Yes. I think that we'll be seeing him again. Um, you know, um, that's not to say that Chris Harrison's going to go away permanently. Yeah. He, he really is the franchise. And I do think that loyal Bachelor fans, you know, mistakes aside, they do love him. But I do think it's a way to keep the franchise feeling fresh, to show that they're open to um, conversations, even different ones, and kind of like, you know, freshen things up. Like, let's revive it. Let's let's For give sure. it like a boost. And Chris Harrison has some work to do himself. Yeah. So I think that yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good time for him. But it's like the the Bachelor just man. We got to get to back to talking what actually happens on the show and not off screen. So I yeah. know. So hopefully they get themselves together. Um, but 
come on, the style, Golden Globes. So we were talking about it. My producer and I was just saying this was a war of red carpet versus real life quarantine style. (laughs) Yeah, it was like on the carpet versus on the couch is how I was calling it. Yes, on the carpet versus on the couch. So uh, it it just looked, of course, the whole Golden Globes look different this year. Normally there's that big red carpet and you're seeing the stars walk down and turn and pivot and give their angles. Um, How did it play out for you this year? How did it play out just in general this year? Let's explain what they did. So from a fashion perspective, we saw some celebrities on an actual red carpet. Most of them were presenters, um, which was a little bit disorienting because now we're also used to seeing everybody from home that to see them on a red carpet. You're like, well, where are you? Are you superimposed? <laughs> Is that in your backyard? It's the Golden Globes red carpet at your house. I don't understand how Hollywood works. It's so also confusing. It was a little strange. And then, of course, you had people who were home home and then people who were home in a hotel And then you had people in London who were like, it is three in the morning where I am. I can't believe I'm still awake sitting here on a couch, like informal wear. It was just wild. But it was wild. Totally represented the last 11 months. Nothing makes sense. Upside down is left side is right side. I mean, here we are. So whatever works. Goodness. So let's let's talk red carpet first, because give us something to look at. Uh, Like what was what was your standout style moment of the night, the person who just really went for it and and did the glam? I think for me, it's Cynthia Erivo. She has become Mm. like a red carpet icon in such a short period of time, right? Like we've only been seeing her on a red carpet for a year or two now. And here she comes in a full Valentino, neon green, like bell bell. Yeah, like crazy silhouette with what her stylist told me. He described them as stilts, her shoes and the gloves, the opera length gloves. And it's like, oh, okay, we're not doing subtle. We're definitely (laughs) not doing pajamas. We're going all out. And he said, her stylist said, look, we wanted something that would bring joy. And did you not smile when you saw her? Because I did, whether you would wear it yourself or not, not the point. It's not about you. It's about her (laughs) and what she brought. And I loved it. And you couldn't take your eyes off of her. She was gorgeous. I I did love, um, and you have to tell me who she was wearing, but Gal Gadot, um, when she came out to present in that white flowy, I mean, we're hearing that, you know, there's pregnancy news, Um, but, but she, I mean, she looked flawless. It was so beautiful. That was Givenchy. Yes. And the thing about her is like the dress itself was relatively simple in terms of like fashion sense. It was white. It had like a beautiful flowy overlay, but then she had this like official term, Jigunda, Tiffany necklace, mm-hmm. like this rock hanging from her neck. And that <laughs> is another thing we love from Hollywood is a big jewelry moment. Who would you say was was pushing the envelope a little bit more and, um, you know, kind of stretching their wings? Um, I would say Jason Sudeikis giving us Let's get um, into it. quarantine <laughs> realness. Now we're now we're in a real couch style. I was um, dying. I could not stop laughing because here he is, you know, nominated, except, and then he wins and he's wearing a tie-dye hoodie. And part of me was like, really, Jason, you have all these women who are deaf to the nine still wearing torturous heels, right? Mm-hmm. And you're wearing a tie-dye hoodie. And then I was like, Jason, you know what? You wear that tie-dye hoodie. You are all of us. I've never felt so connected to you ever. Plus, like in the midst of quite the <laughs> a breakup. breakup. Big so, like, breakup. And that's why I was like, okay, the breakover is still not 
Did you happening not feel just like yet? there was a tub of Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey right next to him that he yes. was like dipping into like in between commercial breaks? I felt like I could see it. That was his accessory. I love that. That made me laugh like hard. Right? Well, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler throw to it as well. If anybody wants to know where they can get Jason Sudeikis's hoodie, go to NBC.com. It was hilarious. Yeah. Let's and then say whatever party favorites he had. He could send them to all of us. He looked really happy. <laughs> right. But it was for a good reason, though. It was for a good cause. He found out that the hoodie yeah. um, was, you know, I think it was his sister or his, yes. or his yeah, his sister's dance. Of course. Corporate, some, yeah, something, something that, that like there was a tie in. He was just good. being supportive. He was <laughs> being supportive and so sweet. Um, who else? Who else was was a, a fun, a fun oh, look? Well, you got to love how Kate Hudson in custom Louis Vuitton, they've made it in just a month, is surrounded by the entire Kate Hudson like fan squad of her there whole family. There were so many people on that die. Zoom. That is so her, right? It's like her kids, Goldie, Kurt, all the brothers and sisters. It's like all packed in in her yeah. house. I thought that was really sweet. That felt very real life meets like Hollywood fantasy. Mm-hmm. And again, she's sitting at home in a custom Louis Vuitton gown on her own couch. Yeah. So yeah, it's surreal. Yeah. The whole thing is so wild. Wait, right? but silk pajamas. Let's talk about that as well. Silk Jody pajamas. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster and silk pajamas. In Prada. <laughs> if you're going to do silk pajamas on an award show, make them Prada. And her dog, her dog had a matching like zhuzh with it. I love it. See, I think that was actually the perfect, you know, toe the line. Like, Loved I'm, I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to have my pajamas on because I'm at home, but they're going to be silk. And she so. is, she's Jodie freaking Foster, right? She can, she's earned the right to wear pajamas and hang out with her dog. And you know what? Again, if we're going to go virtual, let's have these moments with her partner, mm-hmm. her dog wearing the matching look, like everyone's kids bombing their acceptance speeches. Yes. I, I've never, it's never been so relatable, you know, as a working mom, you too. It's like, this is what happens to us. It's nice to see that their nannies weren't working on Sunday either. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have childcare. Nope. We're all in this together. But I thought it was, um, you know, it was a beautiful mess. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, we got to have a little glam, got to, you know, honor some people who really were deserving. And my Instagram was just a light, a glow with fashion, which personally <laughs> I needed it. That's my job. Okay. Yes. Keep Andrea employed. Thank yes. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so awesome. Thanks so much. So fun. Next up. People's critic Tom Gliato gets into the winners, the losers, and and what all we should be binging after the Golden Globes last night. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I am back now with People's critic extraordinaire, Tom Gliato, to talk about the meat of this award show, the Golden Globes, last night. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hi, Janine. How are you? Good, good. So we're going to get more into it. This is, of course, our, our red carpet segment presented by Macy's. But I want to delve into the actual content, the show. Um, there was uh, some drama. Let's just talk about that at the outset. Um, before we get into the big winners and surprises, uh, there was that elephant in the room, the fact that the HFPA has no black voting members um, out of all 87, not one, which it was recently reported. And Tina Fey and Amy Poehler worked it into their opening monologue. So let's take a listen to that quickly. Uh, The Golden Globes are awards given out by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association is made up of around 90 international no-black journalists who (laughs) attend movie junkets each year in search of a better life. We say around 90 because a couple of them might be ghosts, and it's rumored that the German member is just a sausage that somebody drew a little face on. They clearly, you know, the gloves were off and they decided to just go there. How else did this play out during the show? Like, like what did what did the HFPA have to say about this, Tom? Well, the three, mem- the three top members of the, of the HFPA appeared sort of like magicians. They just popped up on stage said, so this <laughs> yeah. is an untenable situation and we're going to deal with it. And then like magicians, they popped off the stage. It was a little it was a little odd. Um, I mean, on the one hand, they're addressing it. They they, you know, they put a name to it. They claimed it um, and that they had work to do. And then on the other end, there was no, you know, like, so what? Right, no. What are the plans? There was no layout. There was no, you know, explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Fonda gave a great ins- inspiring speech and Tina and, and mm-hmm. Amy made jokes about it. But it was, as you said, it was still always this. It was always there throughout the entire show. And uh, they, I guess the HFDA has their work cut out for them. Yeah. Even, you know, from the This Is Us cast, that, that moment where they're like, it's great to be black at the Golden Glo- I mean, back at the Golden Globe. <laughs> So it definitely um, was mentioned a bunch, but shifting a bit more towards the content. um, First off, to what extent is the Globes an accurate preview of award shows to come, would you say? I think it tends to be a fairly good predicator of acting. For instance, the fact that Andra Day deservedly won her, her award for the U.S. versus Billie Holiday. And the Golden Globe goes to Andra Day. I don't think people were talking about her as a potential nominee before, but I think it was, it was the contest before had been Francis McDormand and Viola Davis. And I, I think definitely yeah. uh, Andrew Day will be in the mix. Now, yeah, a lot of people thought Francis McDormand might win for Nomadland uh, Best Actress. Um, but of course, Andrew Day and then her just her performance and 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 how she was able to bring that character, the, the work she went through to bring that character to life, losing all that weight, smoking, drinking. She- right. Right. She really she really had that kind of world fatigue, I thought. But, uh, you know, and it's interesting if if you're old enough to remember Diana Ross, who, who won, who won a Golden Globe, who also won, who won a Golden Globe for the same character in Lady Sings of Blues, how different. You know, what a different take. 
Absolutely. Completely different. I, I, I grew up watching that film. Well, let's talk a little bit about what Andra told us when she was on the show um, about just what this role meant to her and, and, and what her thoughts on Billie Holiday are. I think the biggest misconception was that she was troubled. You know what I mean? And that she, oh, you know what the thing is? The thing is the phrase that really kills me, right? That mm-hmm. she was wasted her life and wasted her talent. You know what I mean? I, I go, mm. what? You know, this woman sacrificed her life and sacrificed her gift so that we could enjoy the freedoms or some of the freedoms that we have today. You know what I mean? And that's the truth of the matter. And so I want people to know that she was not a tragic junkie who sang jazz well. You know what I mean? She was a great godmother of civil rights. Wow. So so let's go back to Frances McDormand's performance in Nomadland. Um, she didn't win for that, but Nomadland did win the night's top prize for best dramatic film. Um, and was that a surprise to you? And let's talk a little bit about Chloe Zhao, the, the, the director. No, that wasn't a surprise just because ever since the Toronto Film Festival, Nomadland has sort of been at the very top of most people's lists. And it's, it really is a, an excellent film. For sure. And and made Chloe, you know, the first Asian woman to win for Best Director, um, which is a big deal. Um, let's listen into a little bit of her acceptance speech, because that was a moment. Compassion is the breakdown of all the barriers between us. A heart to heart bonding. Your pain is my pain. It's mingled and shared between us. Now, this is why I fell in love with making movies and telling stories because it gave us a chance to laugh and cry together. Wow, that's beautiful. And, and of course, she's been in the industry since 2010 and produced, you know, Daughters, Songs My Brother Taught Me, The Writer, um, and now Best Director. So that was just a, a huge, huge moment. Um, uh, one of the most memorable um Moments of the night, though, was when Chadwick Boseman won Best Actor for his performance in Ma Rainey. Can you tell me a little bit about your reaction to, to his role in that film? Well, he was fantastic in that film. So, I, I you know, um, and he was widely expected to win. Um, you know, that was essentially an ensemble film, but he he was just searing, I thought, in in his, uh, he has you know, one or two enormous monologues where he just was just, you know, really, really powerful. And his... Uh, his widow, Taylor Simone Ledward, gave the acceptance speech for him. And it was, a, I thought it was a really beautiful speech. I mean, it was all, you know, it was, it was in effect very straightforward. She was very weepy and she kept saying what he would have been saying. He would say something beautiful, something inspiring, something that would amplify that little voice inside of all of us that tells you you can, that tells you to keep going. So the whole speech depended on this conditional uh, wood, which yeah. was kind of heartbreaking because there is no, there's no is, there's just wood. Oh, it's just, it was heartbreaking. And, and it, it just made me think of that other favorite moment of mine where the, the guy was talking to the little kids about what they knew about the movies and they knew nothing about anything. They didn't know who J- Jane Fonda right. was, but they knew it, Black was- Panther. <laughs> and they all said Black Panther. Um, I, I can't let you leave without talking about snubs. Um, Mank was a big one that everyone was talking about and, and, and um, you know, the Chicago, you know, the trial of the Chicago 7 as well, like just a lot of, a lot of talk and then it was pretty quiet. Right. I, I thought Mank would do better because it's a big glossy movie about Hollywood. 
uh, and Amanda Seyfried was uh, and Gary Oldman. I think they were both nominated. They had lots of nominations, but it could be that in the end, nobody cares that much about the writing of Citizen Kane. Um, you know, take away all the take away all the beautiful glossy black and white cinema. It's still. You know, a man chained to his typewriter fighting Orson Welles. Maybe that's a problem. I know. I, you know, I thought it was going to do better as well. I'm thinking of the La La Lands of the world and the, you know, the Once Upon a Times in Hollywood. Like, usually when you put the spotlight on Tinseltown, Tinseltown folks tend to like it. And I think think Promising Young Woman and Carrie Mulligan got, um, that was a surprise because a lot of people thought she would win Best Actress. Um, but but that's a case where I think it, Promising Young Woman was technically actually a comedy, uh, and she, and, the, and you know unbelievably dark comedy. But it was still a comedy, uh, and it probably would have been done better as comedy, except for mm. that slot got taken up by Rosamund Pike and yeah. uh, I Care a Lot, which was also a dark comedy. You know they always have these multiple awards, and they have shows that slip between categories, and you're not sure why something ends up in a category like, you know, Minari won, Minari won Best <laughs> yes. Foreign Film. Made by an American. It's an American yeah. film. It had too much Korean dialogue, so it won, it won Best Foreign All over film. the place, all over the so, place. Tom, thank you so much for helping me break this down and, and, and dig into this and, and letting people know what to binge. Right. Well, that's their, Nomadland and United States versus Billie Holiday are both on Hulu. So, and Mank, a lot of these things are on Netflix too. So We have work to do. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. That was my colleague, Tom Gliato. For more on the Golden Globes, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. As a mom to a first grader, I know just how teachers and school administrators have become modern-day superheroes, going above and beyond the call of duty. And that's exactly what Jason Smith, a middle school principal at Stony Brook Intermediate and Middle School in Indianapolis, did. When a student, Anthony Moore, was sent to his office for refusing to take his hat off, Smith didn't suspend him. Instead, he simply asked, what's wrong? That's when the student opened up and revealed he didn't like his haircut. So Smith got permission from the student's parents for a little in-school makeover to help boost his confidence. He left his office, drove in the snow to grab his hair clippers from home, and returned to campus to hook young Anthony up with a brand new haircut. Hats off to that principal. Kindness like that goes a long way. Have a great one. 